Bum, bum, bum. Welcome to another episode of Off the Fence. Off the Fence. You look absolutely amazing so I, today. I got this for a staff party that I actually ended up being very sick. I think I had food poisoning or something. And so I missed it. And I've just been looking for an opportunity to wear it. And I mean, where are you going to wear this? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to one-up you because we film a few episodes at a time and we, you get progressively more casual and I never get that memo. And I think I'd be, I think I'm more casual today. You than just you revealed my secret to the public. <laughs> I don't I'm just kidding. I know that they wouldn't have already been able yeah, to I, tell babe, but I, I have successfully became, I'm more casual than you are today. Your, your outfit is not only like literally loud mm -hmm. physically. Like <laughs> like if you move, it is loud in color. I'm like it, a turntable. What do they call it? A it DJ? It is loud in awesomeness. You <laughs> Thank look, you. You look I just feel validated awesome. that I bought it and now I get to wear it. Because when I was growing up, if we wanted to buy something, we had to literally do the math. How much does it cost and how many times will I wear it? So is it worth the investment? Sure. And I'm feeling pretty good that now I can mark... One Do you ever time. see an outfit that you're like, yeah, I could never wear that? Mm -hmm. This one. And I That didn't would be care. one that I don't think I could ever wear. Yeah, I, I thought that too. I and then I went, you pull it YOLO. You pull it off. Do they still say that? I, I mean, know. it's true all the time, but I, I don't know, know if YOLO is a Someone thing. Someone I'm sure is still saying. Well, I just did. So I'm hey, the person. So you, you told me about a book you read. I did. <laughs> and I thought, whoa. If we could download that into the brains of every <clears throat> person in society, that would be awesome. So here's the title of this podcast, <laughs> Interpersonal Communication 101. Do you like how, though, we're talking about interpersonal communication, but I'm communicating with no words. Yes, you are. With my outfit. And I, really I think one of the deficits we've got <laughs> going on in our world today is we are not incredibly self-aware. Yeah. We are not great at listening to someone fully and responding appropriately. Yeah. Well, in this book, uh, so the title of the book is Tell Me More. Kelly Corrigan wrote it. And I brought it to you because I'm really, I, I read a lot. I love history. So I read a lot of yeah. nonfiction history. Get that fiction stuff out of here. I, you can love it, but I I, I like to watch. Like, I think it's great if people love it. But I I love non nonfiction historical, um, just people writing about history. But I I also have been doing a lot of. Um, I do a lot of. I read a lot for work too. I read a lot about just trends and what's going on with technology and what's going on with uh, like missions and outreach and stuff. But I've been doing reading a lot of personal development too. And this is I would put that in this category that transcends all of those topics because it, it helps in every way. Um, but it was written by a gal that was walking through a lot of loss, significant loss. Okay. So she lost her dad and she lost oh. her best friend oh. just in the span of a few months. And, and in reflecting and grieving, she realized that she, she wasn't really living a life that was as intentional and as grateful and as focused as she wanted to be, specifically okay. on the relationships with people around her, those in her immediate family, but even strangers on the on the street, she just felt a conviction that am I really walking out life the way that I 
think that I am. Okay. Often we give ourselves a lot more grace, I think. Like, oh, sure, I'm listening to people. I'm paying attention to people. I'm I'm leaning in and inviting them to share. Okay. And she just felt convicted that that's not what she was doing. So um, she actually, what I love about the book too is because I have a decently short attention span, it's broken up into chapters that are titled based on just a phrase that is helpful in interpersonal communication to say. And one of them is not saying anything at all. Mm. <laughs> so the title of the book is Tell Me More, and that was actually the most profound. Um, and there there are several of them. Um, but what I loved about Tell Me More was often we're in a conversation and somebody's sharing and they could be upset with us or they could be just talking about something. And And what I loved about Tell Me More is instead of going, oh yeah, and you know what? I've had that experience too. And then I start trailing off on mine, yeah. which I think a lot of people would say, that's not a good way to communicate. We've talked about this a lot because I do that as a way to make a connection with somebody. So they're sharing and then it's my turn and I try to find a way to connect our stories for just that connection. I never want to diminish what they're sharing with me though. And so tell me more is instead of me jumping into my my part, you just say, tell me more. And what ends up unfolding could actually be really cathartic for the person sharing, really informative for the person hearing. But then also often, if you're saying, tell me more, go on. I want to hear, I, I want you to walk this out. You end up probably helping that person reach a solution or even just having some comfort in being to get it all out that maybe you wouldn't have made time for before. So like so the way the book goes right each 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 chapter, each chapter is a phrase is a phrase and so if you're right now wondering uh, how to parent how to maybe even launch your yeah. you know, maybe newly married or you're dating and or good lessons at work okay so yeah. one one here's a tool for your your toolbox here's a makeup thing for your makeup box I don't where I I don't have a it's a caboodle. Do you remember caboodle? Speaking of the nineties, no. Let's not use okay. makeup analogy because I'm not really gifted in that area. <laughs> I here, here, so so another is, pen for your pen protector. So here's just good, quick application. The next time you're in yes. a conversation and someone says a little bit, you can respond with maybe not your own story mm-hmm. or your or your own critique or defensiveness. Even if they're sure. if they're talking to you and saying, sure. "Tell ah, me more." Ta- yeah, tell this me more. This is interpersonal Walk communication 101. Yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more. I have used it a lot recently when we've been, I've been having a lot of meetings about some some of the um, things happening in our community, some of the needs that exist. And I've been working really hard to sit with people who are stakeholders in the community to okay. just hear from them their perspective. So instead of me saying, fantastic, thank you for sharing that blurb, which is a nice thing to say also, I'll say, can you... Un- I." I'm trying. I'm seeking to understand because mm. I'm not in the same chair as that person. Tell me more about that, or tell me so. Questions for clarification, which we often don't just we just don't make time for. Yeah. Um, and so it's been so enlightening because one, I think people feel heard and valued. Like I'm really listening. I want to hear more, but it also helps us deepen our understanding of one another mm. because I'm saying, tell me more. Un- unpack that a little bit more for me. Um, and I love that they started with that because I think the words matter. Um, 
the words we speak, the words spoken over us, even the things that we don't say, all of it matters. So being thoughtful and present in conversations it makes it, it just makes a big difference. So oh, tell, yeah. me more. tell me more. The next chapter is I don't know, <laughs> which I think is really hard for some of us, especially with the world at our fingertips through know. our phones and our com- computers. To instead of coming, just making up an, an answer, yeah, or a response, or even if some like if no, no matter what the context, just being able to say I'm not sure or I don't know. So let's let's work through that together. You know, I've thought about, you know, if we ask our kids, hey, why'd you do that? I don't know. And I, I used to like lament that kind of... Oh, you hated that answer. Yeah. <laughs> and I still don't think I like it, but I doesn't mean that I'm right for not... I, I think sometimes the best answer is, I don't know why I did that. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know why I said that. Mm-hmm. But also, if it's just basic information of when... Uh, what should I do? I don't know. I, yeah. I, Somebody asks you a question, and again, instead of instead of going, you know, the fake it till you make it. No, I I I don't know. I I want to find out though. Um, and again, the value of the commitment to the togetherness of saying, let's figure it out together. Sure. Or I'm I'm not going to pretend like I know something that I don't. Um, uh, the other one though, the third chapter is I know. I know that. I know the answer to that. I actually have information about that. I can help you. So if somebody asks me about a battle in the Civil War, I would actually know the answer to that <laughs> because I have been a student of that. And so not not shying away from things that you actually do have information about, handling that with care, not, you know, trying to come in guns ablaze and all sure. pompous like, "Oh, I know everything." But when you don't know, be willing to say you don't know. But when you do know, be willing to contribute and support. Well, that's what I think. I think there's when you are talking with someone and you're wondering uh, how will they receive this mm-hmm. information, and you might know the answer. I think of talking to teenagers sometimes. Yes. But I I didn't think of that, but it is interpersonal communication that the savviness, the ability to say, hey. What you're walking through, what you're struggling with, I actually do have some information about yeah. that. Would you want to hear what I've learned? Yeah. But setting it up mm-hmm. in a way that I'm thinking that's learning this relational part of maybe mm-hmm. not just even throwing it like, here's what you should do. Right. That might be one of the negative parts of this. We've done that a lot with parenting with our children when they start having their own money and are making decisions about how to spend it. And so in just how to how to offer wisdom based on what we've experienced and what sure. we know and even reminding them of their goals. Like what I do know is that you have a goal to have a car. So or you want you want to not have debt or whatever. Yeah. Um I think drawing on that and helping is is huge too and we've done that a lot lately with kids as they grow. Um the, so the next one no and yes. I would agree with um studies that show that we're a maybe culture these days uh. where if somebody says hey do would you volunteer for this or hey would you do you want to go to dinner we we say maybe a lot hey maybe let me check my schedule let me because we don't we don't want to disappoint anybody and we don't want to miss out yeah but we also don't want to say yes to everything and so there's lots of maybes but being willing to say yes and say no and kindly 
and uh, with gratitude, but not n- not maybe. I think some of the maximization is in that too, mm, where you yes. want to say yes to the best option. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes though, we don't realize that there's a far more time than, yes. than what we've experienced that where you said yes, and sometimes you said no to great things, yep. but because you said yes to something already, mm-hmm. you with character are holding to that yeah. because you already said yes to something. You already have an engagement. Yes. You already have something you're going to. But it's hard nowadays because you're with pictures of events and moments that people, hey, here's what I just experienced. Here's yeah. what I just did. You don't want to miss out on the best option. Yeah. But, so, but there was, I'm just saying there was, Yeah. what was normal was, hey, I missed out. Tell me about it. Well, and the the ambiguity of the of no, <laughs> the maybe is so ambiguous of a like I don't know. And so then yeah. what ends up happening is, you you're getting people's hopes up, inevitably not going to be able to do all of it. Sure. And so the ambiguity, the the squishiness in between the yes and the no, um, ends up really hurting people, and it 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 isolates you mm. because one, if you keep saying maybe. That turn people then go. Oh, that means no. They're not coming. They don't. They're not going to make an effort, or they're not going to make time, or whatever. And so you just start stop getting asked. Um, whether it's hey, come hang out with us, and yeah. you go maybe, or hey, what do you think about this? And you're like, eh, I. What would you do in this situation instead of saying I would say yes or I would say no? Well, both sides. You know, you're just it's isolating because people are just going to stop asking. And so having clear language is so powerful and it also just helps free people from having to mm. translate what you're saying. So yes or no. Um, one of them that I think the next one is I was wrong. Yeah, I don't like that one. <laughs> what I would add to that is I was wrong and I'm sorry. Uh, um, okay. I And she unpacks that a little bit in the chapter, but I was wrong. Being willing to admit yeah. when um, whether it was something that you did or something that you said, or even advice that you gave, I was I was wrong on that. I um, just being willing to admit that, and that's not just for that relationship, but it helps you. Just there's a humility about that that I think helps. It's so hard to because it's not modeled well. You're right. <laughs> from what You're we're right. reading and watching, absolutely. So it's best yeah. modeled. You got to look for this model more closer to home. Mm-hmm. Maybe in your yeah. actual home, but but also friends and and family. Mm-hmm. It's just it's. I was wrong. For many people, they see that as career suicide, weakness, or or relational yeah. yep. suicide. For sure, it, it becomes this like, hey, if I say this, then I'm done. Yeah, and I, I, I think what it does is the so opposite. It get set. Yeah, so it yeah, get set. I think what it ends up doing is. Um, Helping the people around you even know and understand we're safe here to yeah. to not have to do everything right all the time. So uh, good enough. <laughs> We've talked about this a lot because we are in this age where everybody's carrying a lot of things, but the the measure of perfection is higher than it's ever been. And so we begin to work ourselves tirelessly for achievement and the best optimal result. We're, we are an optimization culture. Um, so how do we optimize everything and make everything the very best? And so to say something is good enough, we work with this a lot because, again, we've talked about our kids doing chores at home. What they do is different than what we do, but it's good enough. So Bo is not sweeping the floor yet. He's not vacuuming. He does it for fun. 
And it's hilarious because I know in just a few short years, he's going to never ask to do it just for fun. He's going to bemoan it. But Titus sweeping the floors or folding his clothes is different (laughs) than how I would do it, but it's good enough. (laughs) And walking away from things that you did your best on that might not be perfect, but the offering of it is okay. Stop trying to just exhaust yourself by making everything perfect. Some things are enough and that's good. And it's... I. It's tough because you don't want to settle. Yes. But maybe the I have, what I need to hear. I, I need to hear this one. Good. Good enough. Good <laughs> enough. Like where where there's some peace in that. Yes. Is what is what I'm. Yes. Is what I often miss out on is some. Yes. Just peace. And I think too, looking at a day and saying, you know, having a to do list, or we really. I feel like I overachieve sometimes in my to-do list for the day. Um, But at the end of the day, saying, Lord, thank you for this day. I didn't waste it. I I worked really hard to make the most of it. I didn't get everything done that I wanted to, but it was a good day, Mm. and I did enough. 40% on a... If you have 40% in a day that you get done, um, but, but that was the best you could do, then that's 100% of your effort. And I I think that we don't do that very well. It's not been modeled very well. Um, but making the most of the day and doing our very best for whatever's going on, I think is good enough. Yeah. And and not getting in a habit of making that an excuse to not do things with excellence. Sure. <laughs> you need to be sure. careful of that because that would be a slippery slope. Um, but being willing to say that that's good. Yeah. Um, I... I I love that one because I think you're right. It brings a peace and it brings freedom from being chained to, nope, can't go until it's perfect. So I, I love that. Even as a parent, I love that because it helps turn the tide of a lot of expectations and stuff. Um, one of them on there, and again, bringing you back to remembering that she wrote this after the loss um, of two very dearly loved people yeah. and trying try, remember to make the most of ordinary moments and everyday sayings, things that we maybe forget to say but feel every day, but just I love you. Uh, you matter yeah. to me. Um, I would I add that, but I, I love you. Telling the people that you love that you love them and showing the people that you love that you love them. I want I I've heard stories, I've I've counseled enough people that they did not hear this growing up. Sure. They had maybe it was mom and dad or mom or dad. Not mm-hmm. verbally communicating, I love you. And I think it's one of the things we wanted to make super, super, super normal mm-hmm. in our home, maybe yes. even at the risk of it being uh, just missed words, you know, because we sure. say it so much sure. and so often. But I think if I'm going to risk one or the other, right? I want to risk with I love you, saying yeah. I love you more often. And ah, it still matters. It, yeah. It it matters to hear it. And yeah, I, I, I've got yeah. I've got multiple buddies. Uh, I try I try to say it like and like because I think sometimes you probably know this, but in guy world, it's mm-hmm. often taboo to be like, "Hey, I love you. Yeah. I love you too." Yeah. But no, I mean, I've got lots of guy relationships where that's that's how we end the conversation or for sure uh, or it's how we engage a, a a weighty conversation yeah yeah and i i think too i love you one of the ways 
to lessen the um, normal, like the normalcy of it in the sense that you take it for granted because you hear it so often. Sure. I think that's where the application of it comes in. Like yeah. sh- saying it and then showing it. But also I think one of the things that you do so well with our kids is uh, you give specific feedback, but even I, I love you and here's one of the reasons I love you. Here's, here's you know, and I think that that can be something that you add to make it less, because um, I do think people, when they feel like you're just saying it to say it, but I think um, genuinely articulating it and then regularly showing it, having evidence of it. But I love you. And I, I say that a lot, um, you know, on social media and stuff, reminding people what, what you think about them and how you care about them, be positive. Well, and- <laughs> but we, we don't say it and then something happens or somebody, somebody maybe loses their life and you go, man, I wish I would have told them. I wish I would have said to them how much I cared about them or what I thought about them. And you can't live in that regret, but you can maximize, you can make the most of every day to say, you know, that they matter to you for sure. I assure you that a tactic of the devil is telling every single one of us that we are not loved. Mm, And so the devil is saying over and over and over without concern of how often he is saying this, that we are not loved. Mm -hmm. And so you can, you can say, I'm going to, I'm going to slowly portion out the amount of I love you to the different people in my life. I would steer you a different direction. I think you should say it often because the opposite is being spoken often. Absolutely. In each of our minds. You're not seen, you don't matter. And and that's not true. Um, And nowadays it's about as easy as possible, even if you're like thinking of someone, to just text them and say, hey, I was thinking of you. I just want you to love you, man. Or I love you. Like... That kind of stuff, never neglect. It's not that that person doesn't know that you love them, but also consider what lies they're being fed, even yeah. in that moment about themselves yeah. or about their life. And a I love you helps refill them up to fight what they're fighting. And even, so I made a commitment wanting to be more intentional about that and also not afraid to be the one that says it first and most. Yeah. And even if somebody goes, that Katie's weird. She just she just <laughs> says I love you all the time, or I'm thinking about you all the time. But I made a commitment, really, just to myself and to the Lord, that Lord, if you prompt, if you put somebody in my heart, if you prompt me to think about a person, help me remember and be intentional about telling them that they're on my mind and my heart. And I do that. And it's sometimes the weirdest moments of the day. Sometimes I'll even wait and it'll be like three o'clock in the afternoon and I'll text somebody and I'll say, you have been on my mind and in my heart all day long. And I'm just telling you that I think you're really great. And that's all the text is. The amount of responses that come back though, that are, oh my word, you have no idea. Like this is going on or that's going on. And so then I can say, tell Mm. me more. Mm. Cool. I, but uh, being willing to speak it and do it first, to write a note to somebody, but harness those when those thoughts about somebody come in, don't just let them go and you be the only one that gets to, you know, enjoy them. Say, hey, I'm thinking about you. So um, you do that really well too, where you, you'll you just say, hey, I'm doing this thing over here, but I was just thinking about you. I want you to know I love you. It's just nice. I do love you. I love you too. Thanks. Even your outfit. Because of my outfit, because probably of your outfit. even more. That's the only reason I love you is because of your outfit. Um, last one, uh, no words at all. Say nothing. This one, we're going to talk about it so we can't say nothing. 
But this one I think is <laughs> one of the most undervalued um, and not say nothing as ignore or, but I think uh, when you are walking with somebody who's experiencing a really weighty season, really carrying a lot of heavy stuff, instead of just being present, mm-hmm. we often try to carry and sometimes we do that through our words by trying to say, you know, I, the two things, now that we've been in ministry for 20 years, uh, I, I feel like I can, um, with some type of experience and authority, say the two things that I wish people never said when people were experiencing loss yeah. was, oh, they're just in a better place. Yeah. God just needed another, <laughs> God just needed another angel up there with them. Uh I'm not saying that none of that is true. They are in a better place. That's the truth. Does it need to be shared in that moment? Probably not. The other one is just tell me what you need. I'm here for you. Um, Those are not bad things to say, but sometimes what they just need is you to sit with them or just go make what they need might be a meal. Just go make it and drop it off. Don't ask them to tell you when they need it because they're not going to. Their minds and hearts are full. Um, So the saying nothing so either go do something kind or just be willing to sit in the awkward silence or the heavy, exhaustingly sad silence and just be with them um, is a powerful gift that we can give one another that we often just forget about because in the awkwardness and the uncomfortable silence, because we're probably, none of us are probably in the silence a whole lot, Um we end up filling it with things that really don't even need to be shared, just your presence. Yeah. And and I I think that's a powerful one. Um, it's okay to just say nothing. And I'm going to guess, I, mean, I don't know a scientific number for this, but I'm just going to say seven or eight times out of ten, if I'm walking through something, I'm not really hunting for advice. You don't need a quote. <laughs> no, I I just I want more of a, like presence. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. not really having someone make sure that I'm by the time we're done feeling super happy and jovial. It's just more just be around, be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think even in relationships, you and I have experienced this where we've gone on car trips and I grew up, I think in a lot of ways being a peacemaker. In, in most settings that I was in, I was the peacemaker. And so silence was like my kryptonite because I felt like silence meant somebody was mad or, oh. or there, was, um, there was just tension. And so we would be driving <laughs> across the state even, and I would just insist on not letting any conversation fall. We had to be talking the whole time. And I remember you saying once, you know, <laughs> we're okay if there's some silence, like it's okay to not talk. And there, that was like a weight lifted to just be near one another, but just resting in our own thoughts or enjoying the view or whatever. That was that was a game changer. I still remember that day where you said that to me and you weren't saying it in a, in a mean way or, or a, you weren't correcting me. You were just inviting me to just be there without having to do anything. That was yeah. a game changer for me. Our, I take, you know, I take Ellie and Bo to their morning destinations, school and all that stuff. <coughs> People would might freak out about sometimes that, that car ride is <laughs> like silent because Ellie doesn't even really do music. No, she she likes to 
have quiet. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so a lot of t- a lot of times, a, most of that car ride is just probably her <coughs> thinking to herself, me thinking to myself, and Bo looking out the window. Yeah. Well, and and it's a personality thing too because yeah. she likes to she mentally kind of prepares herself for the day. Mm-hmm. Even like walking through classes, what do I got to do? Because I've talked to her about it before because I have to, when I do take her, I have to be really intentional about not overwhelming her brain yeah. and her heart with information in the morning. <laughs> and so um, I, there's a peace in that too. Yeah. There's a rest in that. Mm-hmm. So what what this interpersonal communication, the heart of it, and that's what I, I've loved about the book. I'm on my second time reading it right now because the first time I read it just to kind of start processing it. And I sit on it for a while, chew chew through it. And then the second time I'm reading it going, okay, how am I going to apply this? And every chapter has just been so powerful for me. We all know all of these things. We know the value of them. We've probably experienced conversations where we've had these as elements in them. But being intentional about, I this week I'm going to work on, when I have conversations, I'm going to work on not just jumping in to get to share my experience, I'm going to just kind of lean back a little more and, and invite them to tell me more. Yeah. Um, it's a good, it's a good reminder. Maybe, maybe we're not as, maybe we need a refresher yeah. on our interpersonal communication 101. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. Should we put a or link watching? to my outfit Yeah, somewhere in the, in the notes? <laughs> Here's, Here's where you can get fluorescent windbreaker jumpsuit. Mm, yeah. <laughs> hey, we want you to know we're glad that you're listening or watching and we love you. Bye friends.